the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two on Wednesday. No. November 1st, no on one, no on two, and uh, <laughs> no teacher union supported members of school boards. How's that? Uh, it's 98.9 FM, The Answers, Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, filling in for the Bruce Hooley. Hey, um, before we go any further, I, I want to tell you about a company that my wife and I own, and I also want to give you the disclaimer that we will benefit if you take action based on what I'm about to tell you. But we own a company called Red Straw Marketing, and we get the opportunity and blessing of marketing and uh, basically operating the Legacy on Possum Run. So I want to encourage you to get over to thelegacyonpossumrun.com. That's thelegacyonpossumrun.com. When you're there, you'll see the three beautifully unique spaces that comprise the venue. You'll see a calendar where you can check if your special day is available. You'll also see pictures from our supply closet. That's the stuff that you get for free when you book your wedding with the legacy. Pricing is also there so that there's no guesswork involved. So get over to the legacy on possum run.com. The legacy on possum run. Your legacy begins here. Warren Davidson, Congressman Warren Davidson, represents Ohio's 8th Congressional District. He's a member of the House Financial Services Committee, a founding member of the Freedom Caucus, and uh, he is a retired member of the United States Army. He was an officer. He led the Old Guard, the 75th Ranger Regiment, and the 101st Airborne Division, and he's one of my favorites. Uh, Congressman Davidson, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show, and thank you for making time for us this morning, sir. Yeah, hey, thanks. It's always an honor to join you, Jack. I got to correct the record. I didn't, uh, I didn't retire, and I did serve in those units, but I didn't get to lead the overall unit. I was, uh, I was uh, maybe a leader of units within those units, but not the top guy at, uh, you know, the Hundred First, for example. <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, it was an honor to get to do it back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I apologize. I kind of. Uh, went over to that, and and I should have said that. I don't think that that's something that you purported. So thank you for correcting the record on that. Speaking of the record, uh, FDR said, judge me by my enemies. And uh, as I look at the landscape, I see Israel, Ukraine, 12 appropriations bills, and maybe Biden's impeachment inquiry. And uh, and then I see Speaker Mike Johnson, and boy, does he have some enemies. (laughs) Does he have enemies because of what's coming down the pike? And uh, what can you tell us about the new speaker? Uh, he's about as authentic a guy as you can get. And, you know, part of the reason that he was able to become the speaker is he doesn't have a ton of enemies that are Republicans. Uh, he, he is an incredibly kind person. Uh, he shows you can be conservative and kind about it. Uh, you know, very thoughtful. Uh, and, you know, he's from Louisiana, uh, you know, kind of evangelical Christian guy, um, kids of his own, adopted kids, foster kids that they've adopted. And, uh, you know, it, it, he was, uh, 
you know, unexpected. You know, he was one of eight candidates. And last Tuesday, I think he had 34 votes on the first ballot. And Wednesday, he became the second most junior person to ever be Speaker of the House. So what a what an amazing ride uh, for him. His wife wasn't even in town for it. Yeah, he mentioned that in his speech, that it all happened pretty quickly. And I didn't realize he only had 34 votes on, on the first ballot. His speech was impressive. Obviously, he's a guy who's argued cases before the United States Supreme Court. He's uh, he's very sharp. But there was a kindness that came across. And uh, I really uh, respected what he said about Scripture when he said, you know, I, I believe God chooses all of us to lead. And and he was talking about Democrats. Of course, they went apoplectic because he mentioned the Bible. Um Tell us about. I think one of the things we're gonna we're gonna hear more about is Israel and Ukraine, and I know that that the speaker is adamant about untangling funding for those. Where do you stand with that, and do you think that that's something that can happen, uh, or do you think it's inevitable that Ukraine and Israel funding will will be what it is? Well, I, I think he was smart to uh, decouple uh, the components of Biden's request. Uh, you know, Biden sent over a, a request for supplemental funding, i.e. over and above whatever we've already budgeted, uh, of $106 billion. And, you know, he coupled funding for Ukraine, the Indo-Pacific, uh, Israel. And, you know, frankly, he calls it border security, but really it's to give money to people like New York City's Mayor Eric Adams to house more illegals and, frankly, to accelerate the migration into our country of people that are coming here illegally. So uh, it is anything but border security from the Biden administration. So uh, unfortunately, Senator McConnell is is essentially shilling for this idea. Um, and it, it does leave Republicans sometimes confused as to, you know, isn't uh, McConnell a Republican? Why is he aligned so much with what the Democrats want when it comes to spending? Uh, thankfully, some of the senators are pushing back, uh, like his, uh, his other senator from Kentucky there, uh, Rand Paul, was encouraged by that. But in the House, I mean, that would be like, well, looks like we're going to need a new speaker. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no path for that in the House. Uh, and, and part of those kinds of things are where some of the factions are within the House uh, that, that make it hard. And with only four votes to spare, you do have to balance people that want an open checkbook as long as it takes with people that haven't yet voted to give a dime to Ukraine because the Biden administration hasn't narrowed down on any specific objective and has refused to provide oversight and accountability with uh, an inspector general for the funds. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, I mean, McConnell doesn't surprise me. Uh, Mitch McConnell is who Mitch McConnell is. The thing that frustrates me is what you just said. Uh, What is the end game with Ukraine? You know, once they take back Crimea, is, is that the end game? Uh, strategically, what are we going to do? There really are no answers. And according to my understanding, Senator J.D. Vance has started banging the drum on, hey, there's even some money missing that was appropriated. Can you account for that? So there's no accountability and there's no strategy. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just blown away by that. Uh, but what I think I'm hearing you say is that this, this, this funding will be coupled. Is that, is that accurate? It'll be decoupled in the House, uh, so we'll have a clean vote on Ukraine or a clean vote on Israel uh, to be determined on what happens with Ukraine. I don't think the speaker said anything specific about that, um, but he has made some comments that he's open to it. Frankly, it's uh, it's popular in the House, but it's uh, it, it's about fifty-fifty with the Republicans. And you know, we have uh, you know we had a vote in July where you know if, if you're going to send any more money, first you have have to give a submission. It can be classified, whatever, but we need something to hold the administration accountable for. 
you know, some of their, their deputy secretary of state, Victoria Newland, has said that the, the, the real objective is regime change in Russia, including war crimes tribunals for Vladimir Putin. Well, that is that is a World War Three kind of uh, path. So if that's actually the objective, uh, hopefully we have zero dollars for that. Yeah. But, you know, um, the, the challenge has been the administration's actively, not just with the dollars, just their own actions, they've actively intervened to prevent Ukraine from negotiating uh, with Russia. And even now, they're actively engaged in Israel to prevent, uh, maybe not prevent, but slow walk some of the actions Israel's taking. Uh, you know, I think there's concern that some of this is muting it. And frankly, it's 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 having the exact opposite effect, I think, with other countries. It just shows that the U.S. is more involved over there. Uh, we need to get out of Israel's way and let them do what they are very capable of doing, which is, uh, you know, rendering justice to Hamas. Yeah, it, you know, one point doesn't make a line, but multiple do. And, you know, we left an entire military arsenal in Afghanistan, um, unfroze money for Iran. And then Biden decides he wants to go to Israel, which whether it was intentional or unintentional, it slows the role for them in their response to the terrorist attacks. And it, it seems like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth when they talk about Israel and Hamas and, and Palestine. So um, where do you think the average American is in your, your district? Or how do they see this? Do they see that the Biden administration seems to be sympathizing with Hamas terrorists and uh, kind of getting in the way of Israel? Well, look, clearly uh, the Biden administration, their first actions were pro-Iran. I mean, they the maximum pressure campaign from Trump was working. Uh, Iran was getting choked off. Their economy was being crippled and their actions were muted. Uh, the first thing, you know, with respect to foreign policy that uh, Joe Biden did was ease up the maximum pressure campaign on Iran. And, you know, everyone's talking about the $6 billion in sanctions. And, you know, that was a mistake for sure. But aside from that, you've got tens of billions of dollars that have flowed into Iran because they lifted some of the uh, pressure on sanctions uh, that, that were there under uh, you know, under President Trump and then, you know, Secretary of State uh, uh, Mike Pompeo, they had a really effective pro- approach to to uh, Iran. And you know, Hamas is just a proxy for Iran. I mean, they don't they don't go do operations like this without funding and authorization from Iran. Same with Hezbollah. Same with the Houthis down in Yemen. All these folks have fired missiles towards Iran uh, just in recent uh, you know since since October seventh. So. Um, you know, th- th- this is an enabling thing for sure from the Biden administration. Uh, and, you know, it, just like the, the common denominator is the diplomacy of the Biden administration has been horrible. It's been very ineffective. And in fact, it's invited aggression, um, you know, go into Ukraine. And, you know, their first offer to Vladimir Zelensky was uh, we'll give you a ride out. And Zelensky inspired the world and his own country by saying, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. So. He stayed in thought. Now, uh, 180 degrees later, the administration's like that open checkbook as long as it takes in Ukraine. So, uh, you know, to say their their foreign policy is uh, disjointed and ineffective, it, it doesn't do justice to how bad they are. Uh, just incredibly. Welcome back to the Bruce Woolley Show. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by 
U.S. Senator J.D. Vance from the great state of Ohio. I want to ask Senator Vance about issue one. And uh, he released a tweet last week saying that uh, if you want to allow unlimited abortion, or if you don't want to allow unlimited abortion, then you need to vote no. And if you don't want parents' rights blocked, then you need to vote no. Want to get behind his reasoning and rationale there. That seems to be the, the brunt of it. But it also seems that he's interpreting what we're interpreting on the proposed amendment. Um, and just a couple of quick points on that. Uh, standard miscarriage and ectopic care are legal and will still be legal and provided to standard if issue one is rejected. That's one of the lies that proponents of issue one relied on earlier in the campaign was that, oh my goodness, if you have a miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy, you won't get the care that you need if you don't pass issue one. It was a blatant lie. Uh, abortion permissions exist that protect a mother's life and major health function, even if Ohio's heartbeat law is in effect, which it isn't. Currently, abortion is legal up to 22 weeks. And um, even if it, there is a shorter time limit uh, after which you can get an abortion, you can still abort if your life or major health function or even, and I guess the third would be an ectopic pregnancy. Um, three legal experts cited in an AP report that lots of proponents are relying on contributed 342 times to Democrats, almost exclusively, by the way. And then issue one abortion permissions, despite what proponents say that it just simply ratifies Roe v. Wade or excuse me, codifies Roe v. Wade and protects a woman's reproductive health choices uh, Ohio Attorney General Davio said it goes beyond Roe v. Wade. And when you read the language that's broad and sweeping because of the word health and because of the word health not being defined and what the Supreme Court has already said about when the word health is not defined, this would allow abortion on demand up to birth. Um, and then infanticide does occur because one of the arguments is, well, even if it's legal, it's not going to happen. Uh, it actually does happen. It's happened late. Abortions have happened for five decades in Colorado where it's legal. Uh, later abortions have happened uh, with Dr. Haskell in Dayton, Ohio, 20, 22, 24 weeks. And 80% of those are elective, by the way. That's the other red herring argument that, well, if it is a late-term abortion, it's for uh, medical necessity. No, it's actually out of convenience. And then the other 20% of the time, was that for medical necessity? No, Dr. Haskell, according to him, it's because... Uh, there might have been a genetic defect and parents didn't want to deal with that. So I want to ask um, Senator J.D. Vance about issue one. I also want to talk with him about Ukraine and Israel funding being decoupled in the House. Uh, I just talked with Congressman Davidson about that. And what I was trying to get at, and I'm not sure that I asked it the correct way, which, yes, it is. it has been decoupled. That will be what happens in the House. But will that happen in the Senate? Um, that's what we're going to ask Senator Vance. And it doesn't seem like Mitch McConnell has much of an appetite for that. Um, but I wonder if this were to be exposed, if he would have an appetite for that, because I think everyone agrees with Israel funding that they're a partner and we're going to help them fight Hamas terrorists. But one of the things that we've been told by the Biden administration is that corruption has been uh, eradicated in Ukraine and uh, we should be funding Ukraine because that's the humanitarian thing to do. Well, unfortunately, a top aide to President Zelensky told Time magazine uh, of corruption at the highest levels of the Ukrainian government. 
And it, uh, the statement reads um, this, but when I made this point to a top presidential advisor in early October, this would be the writer of the Time Magazine article, he asked me to turn off my audio recorder so he could speak more freely. Simon, you're mistaken, he says. People are stealing like there's no tomorrow. Even the firing of the defense minister did not make officials feel any better, he adds, because the purge took too long to materialize. The president was warned in February that corruption had grown rife inside the ministry, but he dithered for more than six months, giving his allies multiple chances to deal with the problems quietly or explain them away. But the time he acted ahead of his U.S. visit, it was too late, says another senior presidential advisor. So um, it appears that Mitch McConnell, uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, wants to send some aid over to Ukraine so that we can uh, fire the evil access powers. That was kind of that was kind of a mix, wasn't it? It was like Bill Clinton and bad, was, uh, that was a bad Bill Clinton, bad Mitch McConnell. I did not. I did not. Depends on what the definition of is is. Um, so we'll ask Senator J.D. Vance about uh, decoupling Ukraine and Israel funding, um, whether it will have enough juice. Uh, in the Senate. What else do we want to talk to him about? Um, I don't know. Anything that you want us to talk to him about, shoot me an email, jack.windsor at theohiopressnetwork.com. That's jack.windsor at theohiopressnetwork.com. Um, or you can call quickly in the next couple minutes and, and we'll get your question, question to U.S. Senator J.D. Vance, who will join us next on The Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM. The answer, I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief, filling in for The Bruce Hooley. And uh, hopefully we'll have Bruce on later this week. He sent a, a nice update. I don't say nice, but it was an accurate um, and, and to me inspirational update uh, on his blog yesterday. And maybe we'll get into that a little later in the show. Um, but hopefully we can have Bruce on and uh, he'll give you an update. And, and God willing, maybe he'll he'll weigh in on some of the things that are going on. Uh, with the U.S. speaker, um, with Iran, with Israel, with Ukraine, and, you know, a host of other things. So what do we got, Jeff? Any calls yet? Nobody? Nobody? Okay. No worries. Um, Well, you know, one of the other things that I will hit is uh, one of the key arguments against voting no on issue one is that you're lying if you say that this does it, that this amendment has anything to do with stripping parents' rights. Well, I want to remind you that Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, in his legal opinion, states that parental rights are not guaranteed if issue one passes. What does not guaranteed mean? Exactly what it sounds like. They're not guaranteed, meaning we're leaving that, that open to chance, opening the door to minor abortions and gender transitions without parental involvement if you vote for issue one. Issue one should be a no. We'll open up with that next when we talk to U.S. Senator J.D. Vance on The Bruce Hooley Show. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.